If you've been dreaming of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Value to Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it, and it is possible. It's time for you to add value. My guest today is Oliver Wood from New Zealand. As the founder of the Meta Project, Ollie Wood is known for his ability to see the big picture. Rather than simply encouraging high performers to do more and work harder, Ollie has worked with world-leading experts in exercise, nutrition, biochemistry, and coaching to develop a more holistic, scientific, and sustainable approach to health and performance. Ollie came from a small town in New Zealand and was brought up on homegrown real food. As he grew up and saw how the food industry changed, he realized how many issues were brought back to the lack of nutritional focus and how much food alone can rebuild the body and health. Ollie's goal is to help professionals on the pursuit of growth and improvement to make sure they don't leave their body and energy behind. And with this framework can change the way people fuel and nourish their bodies for good. Oliver Wood is creating a space where mind, body, and spirit grow together. He talks about creating freedom through discipline and how to help clients deal with wellness and stress, and most importantly, how to fuel and nourish their bodies for good. Ali, thanks so much for uh, jumping on the show today. Looking forward to learning more about you and your work. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So typically I start and let everybody share their story uh, into entrepreneurship and, and how they got started. Yeah, uh, right. So for me, uh, I was actually a personal trainer in a gym uh, for a very long time. And I think understanding that space for me, I was already very much well invested into how can I get better at this? So there was a lot of processes and uh, those sort of roadblocks of understanding the more we, the more you learn, the more you don't know and, and working with better and better people uh, to really optimize that space. And I got to a certain point where the exercise side of things, we were really cracking along very well with and coaching other clients, how uh, other coaches, how to really improve their coaching ability uh, but the problem we were starting to run into, I was starting to run into, was we were getting to a point where we were optimizing the training as best we could. But what we were finding was uh, the, the clients I was working with that were very much more in this corporate space, they were running their own businesses, there was a lot going on, is that they were walking through the door with so much stress, so much information that they weren't going to get enough out of their training, right? Didn't matter how perfect those workouts were, we weren't going to get uh, a productive workout. So what was a you know 100% training session now became... Uh, 80% training, 20% nutrition, right? 100, uh, 50% uh, training, 50% lifestyle, lifestyle design, and just understanding how do we get your body back in your day? Because if we're not taking that time to actually get a recovery base, those workouts are hurting us more than it's helping us, right? And it's just taking the time to have more of that conversation. So as we got deeper and deeper in, into that with clients, we found that we were uh, – working with a very small piece of the pie. Uh, and, and for me, going through that process of articulating that in a space uh, became a lot bigger than just inside a gym. So walking through that and understanding different components that I needed to go through, one, I need, needed to know how to get that message out there, how to, how to actually make sure I was bringing in the right clients. And that was a, a whole other journey as we, as we know. But just trying to understand the bigger picture and being able to encompass that in a way that allowed people to look at a longevity and long-term goals in a way that was attractive in the short term. And I think uh, in any entrepreneurial space, making an attractive offer, being able to know how to market and sell are all components that we need to look at 
But I think a lot of the time there was a bit of a mismatch between what I was looking for as a long-term goal rather than a quick fix and a pill <laughs> and trying to build out a message that really resonated with the audience we were working with. So I think that was very much a combination of time and uh, iterative <laughs> processes to understand what that offer really looked like and really allowing, I think for us, just making sure I was leaning into the customer being the one that was leading the journey rather than necessarily the, the business that I had in my mind because it's definitely gone through a lot of iteration, iterative processes. Uh, and for me, leaning on other people that are really fantastic in their space, you know, I've only got so much time in the day. I can't be an expert in uh, nutrition, blood work, thyroid function, sleep, and all of these areas, but bringing in experts that allowed me to have all those components covered and allowed us to have a much more holistic conversation. Oh, so good. So you mentioned figuring out your niche in there and, right. and, and the, and the value of niching down. Can you dig a little more there? Yeah, for sure. So again, we when I focused on what I wanted, right, we started with muscle building men. <laughs> and that didn't go, long, go for so long until I realized that most men, once we get past the age of 35, 40, it's no longer about abs or trying to have your biggest bench. It's like, how is your body going to feel awesome every day and feel like it's not holding you back in the weekends, right? So the conversation started to shift as I started to understand more about that customer. And I think when we were looking at uh, you know, simply finding the people you love working with, understanding what they're really after, and then building that uh, program around what that's going to really encompass. So I'm no longer obsessing about what sets and the workouts need to be there and the progression that we're building up over time. But now we're having more conversations around how do we fit you back in your day, navigating life and family and all these other components. So through my own studies and understanding how the body worked, but also how uh, the customers in a, in a real life setting, our members of the program uh, were able to navigate it, we started to realize there was quite a discrepancy between the perfect program and what we could actually do. <laughs> and being able to try find something in the middle that allowed us to make sure it could actually be implemented, that was what created ultimately the, the perfect program because it was no longer uh, something on paper that looked fancy, but it was something we could actually implement on a day-to-day -day basis. Nice. And so what, what was the most valuable for, for building that audience once you narrowed the niche down? What was what do you mean by most valuable uh, or effective in, in helping you reach that audience? For me, we got into uh, I think it's very much a burn the boats and just make it work. And I think for me, <laughs> uh, whether it be through paid ads, whether it be through our posts, it's just a case of making sure that you're listening as you're producing. Right. And if you're not getting the response you're after, what are we missing in the message? Uh, I think it just comes into the same as. Uh, actors will do on scene, right? If they just read a script and go through it, it's kind of terrible. But if they get into the life of that person, of the person they're trying to act, you can really start to feel what's happening. You can really start to understand what that's going through. And it's much easier if you've gone through that yourself. So if there's been those digestive issues that have been an issue, you've noticed that as your business grew, your stress was completely deteriorating any sort of nutrition or training that you had and really feeling into that and simply sharing that. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, are a space of just sharing what they've gone through themselves is certainly very much a, uh, what allows us to understand those, those problems at a, a visceral level and know how to actually fix them in a real world setting. Nice. So you mentioned your own your own personal growth journey. What uh, what what triggered your desire for personal growth, at, at least as far as mindset and attitude? 
Yeah, I think the funny thing is, is I don't think it's intentional. I think just getting into business and understanding that you're solving bigger and bigger problems just becomes a pursuit that you focus on. And then it involves into a business and it involves into other people being part of that. Uh, and I think business is one of those is the best place to have that self-development because it just is that mirror at every step in the journey of where those uh, shortcomings might be and where you need to uh, allow other people to take control, where you need to allow uh, a level of ownership, uh, whatever is there, there's just constantly, uh, I believe there's another uh, mirror that you face and start to realize that that's your own discrepancies that are stopping you from grow, uh, growing. And I think in, in every area of business, you start to realize that uh, that personal and professional settings are very much one and the own in, in the same. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you mentioned mentors and, and how have mentors helped you in your business? Yeah, I, I put a post up about this this morning, which was, I think, in a world where we have so much information, uh, we're obsessed with simplifying things, right? And I think to get started, we need to be able to make sense of it. And simplifying that is a really good place to start. But as soon as we sink our teeth in and we take some of those first steps, as we find with any uh, niche or niche, uh, is that there's going to be problems with every business we try to start, right? So as soon as we get into it, we've simplified those first steps and we understand the lay of the land, what's happening next. Then we need to get into the nuance. Now we need to get into the details and understand that we're, we're here to solve problems and every business, every uh, industry will have those problems. It's really just making sure that you're looking at the bigger picture, the long-term goals of how can we chunk down to how can we fix that problem better? How can we improve that process? How can we move forward because we actually are involved in the customer's journey and what they're really after? Hmm. That's so good. Now, obviously, you've come from a fitness background and 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 incorporating fitness into lives. And it, it sounds like you've transitioned from, you know, helping people have the beach body to helping them just have, you know, survivable, <laughs> survivable body. Um, how, I mean, I believe that fitness is, is a pillar in our lives, right? Like mm -hmm. your, your, your love relationships, your business and your fitness, your, your health is, is as important as, as any of those other elements um, because without your, you know, without the body, you, you, you've got nothing. <laughs> and yep. so how do you how do you help people obviously incorporate that into into their lifestyle? Yeah. So I think firstly, yeah, you're very right. It's very much moving away from that vanity component and more looking to uh, one, adding more years to your life, but more importantly, adding more quality to those years. Uh, and it doesn't matter who you are. That should be a pretty important and pretty attractive goal. Uh, and taking into account whether that's a body fat component, whether that's more energy, whether it's a digestive system that's getting in the way of you being sharp and on, on point every day, uh, there's going to be lots of components that come into that. But if we look at that bigger picture, uh, I think we start to look at a bigger goalpost, something that's actually pulling us towards that goal rather than something that's uh, very nominal, more short term and more four to six weeks. Like, ah, we hit that and then what do we do next? We've really had a, built a pretty big checkpoint in where we're going next. Uh, and I think regardless of whether we're, we're checking in for our nine to five or whether we're running a hundred million dollar company, we need to know that we we are valued in that space to get the most out of what we do. And I think this is, this is a conversation I had with my team this morning is it doesn't matter how important you think you are. It's all going to be relative to uh, to your situation. And more importantly, you have to be healthy in order to be able to function. So if you're not making time for your health, you're going to be forced to make time for your illness, right? And taking that time as you get higher and higher up those rungs, uh, you need to make sure that you're more and more intentional with you being part of that day. Because if you don't do it, all that shit gets put into a corner and someone else has to do it. 
right? So taking that time to make sure we're fitting you in your day and we're being proactive with that happening because everyone else is asking for our attention, but you need to be strong enough to fit you back in your day. Now, when we go through a lot of our trainings, we start with that. We take the time to fit you back in your day because we've got our work means, we've got our family obligations, we've got all the stuff, but where are we in our day? And I think taking the time to be more intentional with that space is going to be allow, allow you to be happier, allow you to be more productive uh, and ultimately get more out of your life, whether that's more in, you know, in all those areas. Absolutely. So, so you're trying to fit, fit you back in, in your schedule and, and take time to take care of, of, of yourself or help your clients take, take care of themselves. Yeah. And that's why you're looking at more of those pillars of health is one pillar in regards to uh, nutrition and then training or exercise is another pillar. But we were looking at sleep and we're looking at mindset and we're looking at stress and all these other components that come under the, the umbrella of health. Well, now we're looking at a much more encompassing view, which includes how fulfilled you are at work, how you're feeling in your family life. All of those components are going to come into what's happening with your body because your body keeps a score. And taking the time to look at those stress components is going to have a much bigger impact. Oh, so are you helping clients create a routine Are you or... or- I mean, what, obviously I think a routine is really important. You mentioned sleep and, and obviously I think the most valuable, one of the most valuable things an entrepreneur can have is a, is a sleep routine, you know, a, yep. a plan for going to bed and, and, and that sets up your morning routine. That That's the most valuable thing you can do to, to set yourself up for success the next morning. And, and then of course, being able to, to, to jump out of bed, you know, get water on board for the night and then, and then having some sort of exercise to get yourself moving. But what what routines do you find valuable for helping your clients? Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think sleep's a really good way to uh, even the score a little bit because a lot of us in the entrepreneurial space, uh, it's it's we work really hard, we do all this stuff and we just do everything harder, right? And at some point that no longer works. And I think sleep's a really good equalizer there because you can't sleep harder, right? You've got to take the time to actually put that back in your space, into your day and make sure it's intentional. And that's something I've struggled with a lot myself is we're getting through all the stuff, we'll, we'll, we'll extend out when we go to bed and we'll wake up early and do more and more stuff. And then eventually we start burning the candle at both ends, right? So it's taking the time to maybe step back at that either once you've had the full-blown um, sort of, if, firstly, it's the tickle, right? I'm a little bit tired. I'm feeling a little bit uh, sluggish. Uh, next, we get the, the, a bit of a whack and it's the, the knee starts hurting a bit more or we're needing three coffees to get through the day. And if we don't listen, we get to the full-blown truck, right? Now we get the doctor's visit. Now we get the unexpected illness. We get these things that come through. And unfortunately, entrepreneurs, I think in that space, <laughs> wait for the truck, right? They wait for things to get really bad. And now it's a case of backtracking. So whether we are being proactive on this conversation or whether we're um, taking care of what's already happened, I think simply the concept of fitting us back into our day and using, as you said, the morning and night routine allows you to anchor that back in a way that is not sexy, it's not attractive, but it needs to be done in order for you to be a producer and for you to be productive with your health. Uh, and nothing else matters unless you're in a position of, of health, whether that's physically, mentally, and everything in between. So I think it's it's taking the time to get rid of the big spikes and dopamine hits, which is the new red button, and start to look at, are we doing the foundations properly? And if you're a professional in any area, you need to be doing the foundations properly before you add in the sparkly red things. <laughs> the shiny objects. I like that. You, you mentioned sleep harder. Um, uh, anytime I try to sleep harder, all I do is, you know, create insomnia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, I mean, one of the most powerful things for me was learning, learning breath work just enough to, to, yeah. to calm my mind while, because 
I don't know. I, I don't know if all entrepreneurs suffer this, but but my mind, when given the opportunity to to do stuff, it it takes advantage and runs like runs like crazy. It's like a yeah. speeding clock, and so laying down on the pillow, the clock goes crazy. Yeah. Um, and being able to focus on breath for just a few minutes actually, the mind might keep on going, but at least I'm not paying attention to it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, sleep. It's, it's breathing's incredible, right? And we can dive into the. Uh, light exposure the breathing the what are we having in our last meal when's our last training session uh lights in our room all sorts of stuff uh and i think the breathing is very much one of those core foundations uh, and it's fantastic for so many components but i think the, the problem is is we're too quick to add things in without removing things that are causing the problem right and that's in nutrition sleep training all the stuff we find the new thing to put in the new fancy probiotic without taking the time to look at the foods that are causing that inflammatory response in the first place so i think sleep is very much the same i focus on the foundation of how do we make sure we're actually we're having that self-respect for ourselves enough to turn off the work at eight o'clock give ourselves an actual hour to slow down now whether we choose to do a meditation a little bit of breath work a little bit of stretching or whatever that might be in that last hour to just slow the body and the mind down that comes your that becomes your choice but the first one needs to be that new anchor to make sure you're setting yourself up for success well and the big thing to say no to is the stupid little screen right like mm-hmm. that last hour before you go to bed that screen's just got to go away all the screens, the big screen, the little screen, whatever it might be. It's uh, If you can do one thing to be more effective in your day is making sure that that, that phone is not in your room. And I think, I think we've all heard of that, heard of that at some level. But the trouble is most people are not doing that because they think that there's other stuff on that phone that need to be seen first thing in the morning. And I think when, uh, if, if you're, if I ask you how hungry you are now, you're like, well, I'm, I'm good. I haven't really thought about food. But if I show you a, a uh, a big cake or ice cream or whatever's your thing right in front of you. And I say, you're hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm ready for it, right? So it's just getting rid of some of those temptations and creating those habits and that lifestyle design component, which can be brought into every area. Oh, I love the lifestyle design and, and the space design, right? Design your space yep. to better suit your habits. Um, yep. And you mentioned leaving the phone out of your room. That's that's a great one. For me, It's I try to the phone is off limits the last hour of the day and the first hour of the morning. And, yeah. and it's, it, it, it makes it, it makes a difference, right? Wow. Cause if you, if you grab that phone while you're still sitting in bed and you check that email and it's that one client, that's just a pain in the butt. And now that's set the tone. You've allowed that person to set the tone for your day and that, and, and, and rather than focusing on the things that, that you want to focus on. Whereas if your routine allows you to set it aside you get to choose what you think about while you're sleeping. You get to choose, you know, what you're what you're setting your day up for at the beginning of the day. And, and that can be so, so valuable for your mindset. And I think for your stress, like obviously you mentioned stress quite a bit that is, you know, stress is a big component for so many yep. people. What are some other tools to help people in in addressing stress or, or releasing stress? Yeah, so there's two parts I'd love to go down there. Uh, one is understanding what type of stress, and we'll, we'll dive into that in a sec. But before we do, uh, I think coming back to just to finalize what we're talking about before, um, stress a lot of the time comes back to thinking we need to do everything ourselves. And if we're talking about that from a business owner's perspective, it's this funny word called delegation that a lot of people tend to, to still not like. Uh, and I think from the email standpoint, that was a really, really easy way to simplify that for me, is if you have a team member or you've got your own PA or EA there um, to look after your email, there's two folders that I'm allowed to look at. 
and he doesn't start until 10 o'clock my time. So I don't look at it until 11 o'clock, right? Nice. So that means that I've still got the whole morning that I do not look at emails. And then I look at one folder. I don't look at all the chaos that happens in there, right? So I think that's one component that uh, has massively cleared a lot of my mental capacity by just getting rid of all the reactive stuff, thinking that I need to reply mm -hmm. To something at 6 a.m. So I think that on the delegation front, if there's anything you do today to improve email, that's a fantastic place to start. Uh, but if we're diving into the stress and understanding what type of stress is the issue, then we could look at segmenting it into three different categories, right? So first one, we could look at psychological or, or that mental stress. We could be looking at the physical stress, or we could be looking at that digestive stress, right? So we're taking account of which one of those three is really causing uh, more of that uh, be becoming more of that linchpin for you, right? So if it's the mental stress, it's that mental chatter, it's all the things we haven't done and we haven't created those roadblocks in our day or the ability, the processes, the systems, the people, whatever it might be to make sure it's not all coming to us because I've definitely been in that spot where everything seems to be burning down at once and it's all on me. <laughs> so I think removing that at some level is going to be really helpful and uh, as we mentioned before, uh, create freedom uh, within discipline, right? How can we create those anchors to make sure we have some space in our day to be productive, to create some time to slow down? And for us, uh, when we look in the creative space or we're building things, we can't be creative in chaos. So we need to be able to anchor those spots of creative time within a day. We can't just expect it to be there um, first thing in the morning, last thing at night. So we're creating that, that space. On the physical stress, right? This is where we talk about the exercise component and people go into, into their health thinking that, cool, well, I need to drop some body fat. Let's just start running more. But we haven't taken into account the sleep, the nutrition, these other components that come into the body working. So we need to make sure that we're building the body up with the training we're doing, not breaking it down and we can't recover. And I think that's a discrepancy that as we get older, we start to realize that that shifts, right? It's not going to be the CrossFit class or the HIIT training every day. It's going to be potentially looking at these other components of uh, lower intensity things like our, our stretching, yoga, walking, or potentially our higher intensity stuff like our strength training, which becomes more and more effective, more and more important as we get older, right? A lot of people think it's less important, but it just depends on making sure we're contracting muscles, not just slinging dumbbells around, right? So that makes a really big difference. Now, the third one, and this is one that most people miss, is understanding this digestive component and making sure that it's not just about the foods we eat, it's about what we're absorbing. Are we actually utilizing that food and is it helping or hurting us? So taking the time to look at the nutrients we're taking in and starting to look at potentially starting conversation around the colors and nutrients we're eating rather than just the calories, uh, we're starting to look at a much broader view of performance and fueling performance rather than just trying to suppress how our body uh, burns uh, in order to supposedly drop weight. Hmm. That's so good. So obviously, you know, calorie counting is is the big deal. And, and mm -hmm. at least at least in, in the United States, yeah. you know, food is food is uh, entertainment and, and mm -hmm. we eat we eat emotionally. We eat to satisfy a, a feeling. Um, you know, you look at pictures on a menu, you look at, and everything is based on how's that food going to make me feel mm -hmm. you know, and what I'm craving. And you mentioned the choosing the food based on the color. Can you, can you explore a little more there? Yeah, absolutely. So we are emotional beings. We're not getting away from that. And we don't want you to be robots. And I think if we get into the calorie counting bay, uh, space we certainly get close to it um, but the component there is uh, there is going to be enjoyment there we want to make sure that it works with family and that we can make those changes for it to be a big part of our social occasions but at the same time we need to remove this uh, black and white component of what's good and bad and starting to have like here's my clean days here's my cheap days right it's a really bad mentality to get into 
of what food really is, right? Because the guilt starts coming through and we start beating ourselves up for the food that we got on the way. So I think it starts to lean into this conversation of, uh, is it planned? Is it something that we're doing uh, to have a high level of enjoyment with friends? Or is it something that we're too lazy to cook dinner and we're just going to you know, order a, order a burger? Now, there can be a lot of components that there we look into. And I think coming back to planning and structuring your day in a way that we fit you back in is a big part of that. Because a lot of time we fall into those ruts is because we're absolutely exhausted and we can't take any more decisions today, right? So it's just filling that gap. But if we start to look at the colors and nutrients of food, what we're starting to think about is simply, is this helping me or is this unhelpful? Is this something that makes me feel better or is it something that makes me feel worse, right? And that's going to be more of a sliding scale. It's not binary. It's more of a sliding scale. So taking that time to know that if I'm adding in some some good lean meats, some avocado, some, some salad, whatever it might be, we're getting a good amount of uh, vegetables in there. Then we've got a nice base of those colors and nutrients, right? We're getting some capsicum and the reds. We're getting some um, spinach or spin uh, um, salads as the greens. We're getting in our own onions, mushrooms, whatever else is like other colors. And we're not having to get so much into are we getting enough of B12 and, and folate and, and zinc because uh, that can get very complex. But if we're making sure that we're getting a lot of uh, variation in those colors and nutrients in food, we can pretty well guarantee we're getting a much more diverse spectrum of nutrients, which is going to allow our body to overall respond a lot better. And I think it's trying to manage that dichotomy of not just eating three foods a day, right? Getting away from our chicken, rice, and broccoli, but not being so far the other way that everything's so full of oils and sources that we don't actually know what's in our food because it doesn't look like food anymore. <laughs> um, so finding something in the ba in the balance and allowing us to be a little bit more involved in that process or aware of what's in the foods uh, is a really, really good place to start. Oh, that's really, really good. Um, one of the things that I work with my clients is is helping them understand the difference between the the, the lag measure of the scale yep. and the and the lead measure of of what you're you know what you're consuming versus what you're burning yep. um, and and obviously that that that's that's a it's an example but our tendency is to to step on the scale every day but not make any lifestyle change you know differences but but expecting that number to somehow magically move and change mm -hmm. but but I've done nothing difference you know in my in my life well wait maybe I bought a new vitamin maybe I bought that new that new diet pill that's good is supposed to stop me from eating, yep. but I'm not making those those lifestyle changes um, that, yep. that you talk about. How do you help you know somebody see the the value of those those changes? And and obviously they're they're harder, right? It's harder to track you know, calories. It's harder to track what what how much you're burning through exercise. But but if you plan it well, like you said, meal planning, exercise planning. Um, you can, I mean, it's kind of like budgeting your money, you know, budgeting your time to include mm -hmm. your exercise and stuff. It's just, it's just so valuable, but yep. it also takes so long to move the needle. Absolutely. Yeah. And like we said before, right, humans are emotional beings. And um, so we know that logically, we know the fad diet's stupid. We know that the uh, stapling our stomach is not going to be a long-term solution because we haven't fixed anything. Uh, and the trouble is we've worked with so many clients that have had those done in the past. Mm. They've put all the weight back on and then we start from scratch and we do it again. Right. And we, and then we drop the weight and we keep it off. Uh, and the shift there is because what we're looking at is not giving you a diet plan, not giving you a staple to put around your stomach, but we're looking at the skills and the lifestyle tweaks that need to happen for that to change, right? What are those behaviors? What are those emotions that are making us reach for the crackers or the chocolate or whatever to fill that gap that we haven't, haven't otherwise addressed? And I think a lot of the time that comes back to the stress, the overwhelm, the, 
I just need a break. I just need to calm down. I just need to get some energy, right? All of those components that are just a, right, I just need to do this because I'm feeling this way. And it's a it's a pain relief component, right? And whether that is with uh, the, the ibuprofen or whether that is with the chocolate bar, it's all the same trying to get out of pain. And I think we could go down the conversation of uh, this world's got very comfort driven and I think there's an instant gratification component there. But I think if we lean it more towards the long-term goal and breaking it down into steps, that becomes a lot more productive. So I love the lead and lag indicators. That's fantastic. We tend to say uh, process goals versus outcome goals, right? We can't just uh, wish that we've dropped uh, you know 10 kilos and eat the burger. We need to put those things in place in order to do that. Now, I think we can take that one step further. And rather than looking at just the outcomes and say, I need to get up at five o'clock and I need to do this thing. Well, what does Ollie look like if he wakes up at 6 a.m.? What's the overall, what is he trying to achieve? Well, I want to make sure I get the most out of my day. I'm sharp. I'm getting things done before the kids are up. And I feel like I've really achieved something by 10 o'clock, right? Before everything becomes chaos again. <laughs> so I think when we start to put ourselves in the shoes of the person we want to be, and that's something being in the future, then we start playing out the out the habits that would be part of that identity of that person, mm. right? And so now we're really diving into what does that feel like? Where am I going with this? What's the vision that's pulling me forward rather than trying to drag me through to, I have to do this because my coach told me to. That's not going to last, right? So it needs to become internal. And that's why we really move away from this motivation game, which is very much seeking something externally to get through today. Well, let's build a bigger goalpost. Let's make sure there's a drive that really pulls you through, not just today, but continually through the weeks because we know what we're working towards. We start feeling better. We start, start acting like the person we want to become. We become more confident we build that momentum because we're feeling good from what we've been putting in place. And that's because we're feeling good from the process, not because we've got on the scales and it says you've lost two kilos, right? Here's your trophy, right? It's just getting away from that process and looking at the identity that we're trying to play out. Oh, that's so good. I love the idea of serving your future self and, yep. and, and using your future self, your vision of your future self as the guideposts. Um, and I think the challenge is is that we're we are an instant gratification culture now, and yeah. you can go thirty days into this program and they step on the scale and they've gained weight. Yeah, oh, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like I've wasted thirty days. I got nothing, right? And this episode is sponsored by Add Value to Life Coaching and their Inner Circle Team Coaching. With a new team forming in January, limited seats are available. Apply during the month of December to be a part of this group coaching program. Add value, the number two, life.com. How do you help somebody be prepared to, to face the reality of, of that trust, trust the process and not focus on the outcome? Yeah. And again, this comes from not being frustrated with clients and trying to change them. Uh, humans <laughs> are humans. Um, but also looking in and leaning into why they're in that situation. Right. So for us, we built out an entire system which looks into uh, understanding the difference between your chronological age and your biological age. What's that discrepancy? We start to look into your blood work. We start to see what's happening under the hood. Right. So we're looking at the symptoms. We're looking at what we're feeling on a day to day basis. But now we look down to a cellular level. What's really going on? And I think a big part of that conversation becomes, OK, Ollie, well, you've been uh, drinking. You've been uh, underslept. You've uh, haven't been eating even close to the right food. So you're completely malnourished, uh, even though you've been over consuming, which is really interesting. We said a lot about over consuming, undernourished. Um, but we've been doing that for 20 years. How do you think that's going to happen in two weeks? 
All right. So here's the goal. This is how long things are going to take. Let's start with a basic goalpost of the amount of years that things were really not going so well. Let's start with trying to change them in months, right, rather than seconds. <laughs> and now we can really start to build those process goals, start to look at the bigger picture of where we're going and play out that as we walk through. So I think it's sometimes just setting the expectation of, OK, how long have you been struggling with that? 20 years. All right. So we've got some habits that are pretty ingrained. Where should we start? How do we simplify down? How do we sink our teeth into finding that first domino? Uh, and I think when we break that back down again, it no longer becomes this big, scary, I need to do all of the things. Here is the one thing that you need to change in your morning so that you show up feeling a little bit better, right? And then here's the second one, and here's the third. Oh, that's so good. It, it, is, it, is, it is really challenging because we, we do, we emotionally expect the outcomes, especially when it comes to fitness and, yep. and, and doing those hard work. And, and yet, you know, it takes a coach or a mentor to just say, yeah, remember, it took you 20 years to get this body. So, you know, you can't expect to tweak it in, in 20 minutes yep. <laughs> without without quitting. Um, and I think just like mindset goals or, or even your business goals, it, we, we, we figure out the outcome goal for, for what we want, but we focus on the process and, yep. and recognizing at a certain point, you just have to start trusting the process and not and letting go of the outcome, right? Because- And when you get so far into that, yeah, I feel like in all areas, but I've definitely learned it uh, hundreds of times in business is leaning into that process and realize that the bigger problems that we solve, the better our life is, right? And since we have no problems, we're bored, right? We get free, <laughs> there's nothing going on. And I think that's just taken to a whole new level as entrepreneurs and business owners is, is we're leaning into the problems that we face. And the more that we can enjoy that process, uh, one, we get better at business, but two, we get a more enjoyable life because we realize that that is a growth experience and we're going to become a better human out of it. And I think both health uh, and business and, and probably everything in between, it's starting to look at that goal as being, what is it going to make of me to achieve it rather than just achieving the goal, right? And I think when we start to look at those challenges in business, uh, and it can definitely be hard sometimes, <laughs> but when you start to look at those components of, oh, here's the new challenge, here's my next rung of, of character I need to build, uh, you come out the other end of it, you see the result, and you're like, huh, that's what happened because I went through that and I leaned into it. And I think uh, it's it's just taking ownership of that space and start to be really able to shift your mindset into, okay, let's take it on, right? Rather than why is this happening? Who else can help me? Whatever. Uh, and I think it's just part of that process of leaning into finding the solution around the obstacle rather than headbutting the obstacle. Well, and, and you mentioned a couple of things there. First, it's the recognition that there is no destination. Yep. That life is a journey. There's nowhere that you land and say, whoo, this is it. It's perfect. Right. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of like the idea yeah, of balance. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that uh, I talked to uh, one of my clients the other day who runs a rather large company. Uh, and one of the things that became very apparent very quickly is, yeah, you've got really, really high up this mountain, but it also means that the air is getting thinner and thinner and it's becoming harder and harder for you to stay up there. Right. So what do we need? We need to be more and more intentional with making sure that we are putting us back into our day because that space is starting to get lonely. That space is starting to get a little bit more challenging. Those things that we did on a day-to-day -day basis, we're now forgetting to do and it's starting to drop the ball. So mm -hmm. yeah, that, that as we get higher up the mountain, that air gets thinner and thinner. We have to be more intentional with how we use the oxygen. Well, and the challenges become part, like you said, it's the journey, right? Mm -hmm. There, there really is no destination. There is no, you know, I mean, I guess, we have a, a language modismo like, you know, oh, they made it, 
right? But there is no, there is no made it, right? You're in that thinner air. So the challenges are different. Now it's, now it's a different kind of a mountain, but, it, but it really is about the journey and enjoying the journey. And I think, I think the, the people that figure that out and just find, find their passion in, in enjoying the journey and serving as many people as they can along the way have, have great success and feel really great about themselves, right? Their internal life is, is reflecting in their, in their external. And yep. so that's, so we, should just call, we should call it an escalator, not a, uh, a mountain. And then we know that we're never actually going to reach the top. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it just never ends. Yeah. We're going up escalator the wrong way. That's what we're on. <laughs> <laughs> so in that you mentioned, you know, character development and, and personal mm -hmm. development, how, how yep. important is character? It depends on in how do you mean? Well, just in 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 business and in life, you know. Obviously, I think character is is constantly being developed. But but you need a certain level of character to to serve humanity well, <laughs> I believe. Right. Yep. Like so. Obviously, at you know the simplest would be something like you know you're selling diet pills, right? Just for the sake of selling diet pills, it's all about you know how many diet pills you can sell, versus a company that has character isn't going to just sell a diet pill if the client doesn't need it, right? We're going to build a system that's going to serve the client and get the client that the the results that they want. I think that's character, right? I think that that means we care more about the people than we care about the profit. Right. Mm, yeah, I, I love the, the concept, which I look at as uh, contentment and making sure that internally, what's that looking like for us? And I think there's uh, when you get to a certain level of business where uh, money is becoming apparent that it's not the driving factor and you've got to realize that there's other components at play to make sure that you're actually happy because if you keep accumulating decimals in your bank account it actually makes zero difference to your life uh, once you've hit that foundation then i think making sure that we're looking at what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis is that through service is that through uh, confidence is that through just feeling like we're completing the things we said we would do right and i think it's that internal chatter and being able to make sure you're happy with what's going on uh, and I think Ken Honda's book comes to mind with uh, happy money, right? Coming back to, uh, is it is it that um, is it that negative energy or is that positive energy that's coming through? Because it doesn't matter how much we're making or what type of work we're doing, if we're not seeing a positive change happening in the world, then that's going to be one of those things that really shows through and how we actually feel on a day-to-day -day basis. And one of those things that, uh, whether we ignore it or not, is going to really impact how we feel when we wake up in the morning, how we feel when we're alone. And I think we're in a in a space that we're doing everything possible to uh, distract ourselves from what's happening internally, that becomes a real problem. So it does come back to what we, where we started today's conversation of finding that time to slow down and look, look into putting us back into our day so that we can feel good about ourselves. Because if we're not, and we've gone 30 years without taking a look in the mirror and just slowing down, we start to realize that we may have dropped a couple marbles along the way. And I think it's just taking the time to look at that in regards to, for me, that would be more character is, is making sure that's intentional. Hmm. Well, and you mentioned a couple of things there about, about feelings, emotion. Um, a lot of men at that age in their, you know, in their later years, especially successful corporate um, types, entrepreneurial types in their fifties, maybe sixties um, feelings, feelings are, are supposed to be repressed. Right? You, you shove, you shove <laughs> yes. those inside um, yep. how, how do you help these men um, let let those feelings 
accept those feelings for what they are. And I, mean, I believe feelings, emotions, you know, were given to us as, as warning posts, right? Like whether it's anger or happiness or, you know, those are signs along the road telling us, telling us information and, and whether we use that information or not, but there's a tendency, especially for, for men, successful men to, to, to turn those off or shove them inside and, and ignore yeah. those feelings and ignore that the impact that those things are having on their health and, and even their, their attitudes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Man, I love this question. Um, I think the more I lean into it, this is probably my biggest driver among anything else uh, is making sure that people can actually feel good again when they're by themselves. And I think that's, if we're looking at a really overarching concept, that's where we're looking <laughs> because it doesn't matter what we're pursuing, what's happening there. We need to make sure that that internal story is something that's positive, but something we're proud of. Um, and the amount of times that myself or, or coaches on a team have asked the simple question, how are you feeling, right? All of that stuff's cool, but how are you feeling? And you have been broke down. You have all this stuff come through and it's been there for 25 years. Nobody knows about it, right? And I think that's something that really, when you lean into physical health, you realize that it's 90% mental health, right? And that's why that's such a big component of what we're teaching and uh, where we're going with this more holistic approach of getting your body back on your side is man you got to feel good about yourself and what are we going to do to get you closer to that because we've attached these emotions and labeled these emotions as being bad things whereas you said they're just those triggers those uh, little warning signs of hey what's going on how about we check in with ourselves to see what's happening uh, and i think something that's really helpful if, if any one of your listeners are, is, is in this spot right now is uh, you're not an angry person, right? You're not uh, a depressed person. You're not a uh, fat person. You're, ju you're just feeling that way, right? You're just in that spot of this is what you're feeling. This is what's being acted out. You are a good human. You have a good heart. You care. You've got all this stuff going on, but those triggers are coming through and we're not listening to them, right? What can we do to feel more in tune? And I think when we start removing ourselves from that emotion and realize that you, you know who you are, but when we start to realize that whether it's people telling us we're a certain way or that we're starting to identify with certain emotions because they keep coming up, then we start to really get blurry of, is that really us, right? Are we not the person we thought we, we were? Are we trying to suppress that and do something else to get away from that feeling? And I think that's, oh, I could go all sorts of different ways, but I think just understanding that space of getting comfortable with the mental chatter and taking the steps to be comfortable with what that looks like without the trophies, without the success, without the next steps, uh, because if it all stopped tomorrow, what would we really care about, right? And I think it's just taking the time to, that simple question, if you get to the point that someone has to ask you, yeah, that's all cool, but how are you? And we ask three times before you get an actual answer and then you completely break down. And man, it happens way too often, especially down here in New Zealand, Australia. These guys are just, she'll be right. No, nah, we're fine, right? And you really have to ask five times before anything gets through. And uh, I think it's just a space of, uh, masculinity potentially going the wrong way, potentially just we're so busy and so distracted that we haven't taken time to look at our thoughts. Um, but I think just asking that question and whether it becomes through a basic breath practice, whether it becomes going for a walk without the headphones on and, and the 10 email notifications, uh, we need to lean into that because it just get, it gets worse. Well, I think our culture has created this, this expectation. And then through our school system, through our, our, our you know, early business experiences, there's this expectation of, you know, well, men don't cry or, or, you know, angry men, you know, 
all or anger is evil or you know just all those kinds of ideas tied to to those emotions and then the voice in your head is telling you telling you whatever story it wants to tell you and and you think that voice is you <laughs> so yeah. many times right helping right. people separate and recognize you're not that voice that voice mm -hmm. that voice you can turn that in fact you control that voice you can tell that voice to shut up you can tell that voice to say i'm a horse you can you know you can do all kinds of stuff with that voice once you recognize wait the stuff that voice is talking about is just crazy. Like you don't have to listen to him and, and yeah, help people separate yeah. that. Yeah. An observation I've found or something that I've talked to our clients a lot about is when you're doing the things, you know, you should be doing, there's no voice. Hmm. It's when the things that you know, you shouldn't be doing or that aren't that productive. That's where the voice is going. Right? Come on, keep going or eat that thing or whatever it might be. But when you do the things that you're meant to do, right, you have the meal that makes you feel better. You go for the walk in the morning, you do those things that are, uh, not sexy anchors in your day. You don't have the voice in your head. You have a peaceful, quiet mind. And I think sometimes uh, it's the classic getting into a line or getting to a social occasion and then picking up the phone because we don't know what else to do, right? That's what's happening in our head. And I think we just need to take the time to tune in a bit more. Oh, that's so good. Because really, when that voice is quiet, like you said, yeah, that's some of our most creative moments, right? That We were created to be creative beings and, mm -hmm. and we have that creative freedom when we when we really do let the brain do what it what it's designed to do, and that's why like you know so many people get their their uh, eureka moment in the shower because yep. the shower is one of the places where you're 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 automatically doing all the things that you do in the shower. You don't have to think about any of those things, and your brain is set free to to be creative. Um, yep. And the same thing can happen in meditation, and the same thing can start to happen, like you said. When you're doing the right things and the right things are happening, that's how you get into flow. That's how you get into uh, to real creativity because now the brain and body are working together in in harmony, right? And that's so so powerful. That's something that comes up, and again, this is why there's so many uh, similarities between business and health. Is we all think that working harder is going to get the job done, right? But it's working smarter. And what does that look like? It's making sure that the eight hours or the six hours is productive, not the 12 hours that you need to keep going. Because the thing that you're need needing to find in order to fix the obstacle is going to come to you in the shower or on the walk or down at the beach, right? And it's just creating that space and leaning into how your biology is designed to function. It's not going to be there staring at the screen, screen waiting for the words to come on. It's going to be you going for the walk. Ah, oh, that's what I need to write down and then diving in, right? And uh, it's something I, I struggle with every day. It's uh, the easy thing is to work harder. The easy thing is to keep going. Mm -hmm. The hard thing is to create that space in order to be more creative and more productive when you do sit. So good. I, I'm a huge proponent of finding your body's rhythm, finding the, yep. the the rhythm that's natural to you and not and not cowing to others' expectations of, you know, oh, five hours of sleep is perfect. You can you can get it all done. Five hours of sleep. You can make a hundred sales calls. You can, you know, you can do all these things that other people expect, but if it doesn't honor your body's rhythm, and I think the the value of that is that you take the time to recognize, okay, I slept eight hours, I felt this way. I slept eight and a half hours. I feel this way. I slept seven hours. I feel this way. And finding that place that really is yours and, mm. and, and owning it. Right. And, and it's kind of the same with diet, right? Finding out what foods make you feel better afterwards rather than feel better thinking about them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And I think understanding that space of, 
uh, tickling the edges, I think, is quite helpful too, right? We're, we're looking at the, we know what undereating looks like. We know what overeating looks like. The, the important part, are we learning from it and finding what's in between? Because I think that becomes the Friday night binge every day, uh, every Friday, uh, and we don't learn from it. And I think it's, it comes back to what we're talking about with the internal chatter of uh, what is helping us, what is hurting us. And are we going to learn from that or are we just going to keep smashing our head against the wall? <laughs> well, and the shame is there's a lot of people smashing their head against the wall and saying they don't want to do it, right? Like I, they and, and their thought life is leading them to what they don't want rather than focusing on what they do want. Which is yeah. why I so and much the whole reason that we're going into the space, man. Is is hopefully our listeners are, are looking at this as, yep, that's me, <laughs> bugger. What do I change now? Like this is going on. But the biggest thing that we've talked about today is understanding that you need to create that space for yourself, and you need to be intentional with having the people in the corner to make sure that that happens. Uh, whether that's family, whether that's your coach, whether that's whatever. Because if you don't have that, you're in a in a world where everyone is pulling your attention in a hundred different ways, mm. uh, and they will continue doing that until you look after yourself. And I think that's why I, I really push on that as being your foundation is we do so many cool, cool stuff for our clients, but we can only do those things if they are taking the time to take the time to digest it. Cause we don't learn things from reading it on a page. We learn them from experiencing what that feels like. Ah, that's what that feels like. Tweak it, try it again. That's better. Now we can move forward with something that's actually experiential learning, not just knowledge in our head. So I think it's, it all comes back to that space. Well, it's exactly the same for business coaching. I would use that same exact language you just used to describe. I can, we can have a conversation for an hour and and make all these arrangements, but until you take action on it, until till you spend the week applying those things in your life, nothing's nothing's going to change for you or for your business. And so that's so valuable. All right, I'm going to switch it up just a little bit. You mentioned your wife. Um, what what's your most memorable date with your wife? Uh, my partner, uh, she's a fiance, but not wife. All right, been, sorry. I think we've been engaged for about two years. Okay, <laughs> um, no pressure, no pressure. Most memorable moment. Uh, I think the one that keeps coming back uh, for me is the, the, this feels very cheesy, but the okay. first day. Um, the only reason for that was because uh, we've been together since we were uh, going through that process of first professional jobs, right? So, the space of going out to dinner at a really fancy restaurant was still very much a new thing and we experienced it. We put the phones down, we talked, we we took the time to take in all the stuff. And I think when you get, it comes back to everything we've just talked about today is, is really just feeling like you're talking to one person, you're getting rid of all the stuff, you're experiencing the food, you're really appreciating it. And I think as we get deeper and deeper into business we have more more disposable income to play with whatever it might be that sort of stuff just becomes another dinner but if we can take the time to look at that is that was really really nice because we were able to experience the whole thing rather than just pay for a meal and leave that we probably could have had at home because we didn't take into account the experience of the location uh, i think that's probably the most valuable dinner i've ever had because it's taking in not just the, the really nice food on the plate but you're taking into account what's happening around you and i think you can play that out in every different area and i think that's something that um, she she does for me every day, uh, which is just taking that time to experience the little stuff that you probably probably otherwise would miss. Oh, love the mindfulness, right? Love the being present, being being in yeah, the it's moment. Yeah, it's come from here. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you have that that influence in your life, right? Exactly. And so, obviously, you see her as a mentor in some areas. In what other ways have mentors helped you and and this and this business process? 
breaking beliefs at every point in the road would be first one. The second part would be the simple comment of, oh, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> uh, and realizing that when you're in a space of uh, outliers already, growing businesses uh, of this size and, and amount of people you're talking to, there's problems that come up at certain points of the journey and they know what those are and they know when it's normal and when it's not. Um, and I think that's just allowed me to lean into the ownership of, okay, this problem is normal at this level. How do I solve it to get to the next level? And I think that's something that holds a lot of people up because they don't know why those problems come up or they don't know what the next problem is. Uh, and it's amazing. Uh, I think business at a basic level is is very simple when you start to realize that, you know, at, at every time we, we triple, uh, we're going to have this new problem. And this is the new thing that happens at that level. Uh, and they know what that are, they are, that is. So if you want to save, save, save yourself five years trying to figure it out, uh, I've I've just continued to have a coach in my corner through the last decade, uh, which is is made through, made sure it wasn't forty years. <laughs> no, it's so good. I, I really like that. The, just the idea somebody could tell you, oh, that's normal. What are you whining yeah. about? <laughs> there's there's huge power in that statement, right? Like, hey, yeah, well, you try to find ten different ways to fix it, right? When it's <laughs> like you just need to do this and you do this. Oh, okay, cool. It's still hard, but you know what to focus on. Right versus versus. Oh, this is terrible! I'm the only person in the world that this is happening to, and the voice yeah. in your head takes over and 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 makes you just you know want to quit. And, and yeah. so many people choose to, right? Yeah. I mean, I suppose it's the same in the health journey that you guys are able to help people. Oh, this is this is exactly what we expected. In fact, I warned you that this is exactly what was going to happen and how you were going to feel. Yeah, um, and sometimes I think just that's where one of those big experiences come in. I, I joined another. Uh, mastermind earlier this year and uh, it just was a whole new level of business owners that I wasn't even aware of right running multiple multiple um, millions of, uh, of, of dollars in their, in their revenue with uh, multiple companies going on and they're still doing four hours a day I'm like how does this all work um, and just taking the time to look at creating a whole new bar of expectation uh, I haven't even started the coaching I haven't even started the stuff but I'm just in this atmosphere and I understand the language they use uh, it just raises the bar. And now you just know, for me, that becomes an exciting experience, not an overwhelming experience. And as long as you can internally make sure that that's a, an inspiration, not an intimidation, I think you get the most out of the, the journey. And that's something we use with all our clients. You know, they jump into a world with 250, 300 people and they're like, what did I just get myself in for? Uh, so I think just taking that space to know what they're going through and being able to find people in a, in a very similar space to them uh, makes all the difference. Oh. Absolutely. Well, and just raising your game by making sure that the rooms that you're in, you're not the smartest person in the room is exactly. so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, finding new normals, right? Like, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What, what is what is stressful for me now is uh, it would have made me run into a hole 10 years ago, right? So taking that time to, to understand those different levels. Yeah, absolutely. So what what inspires you? For me, I try make sure that it's an internal process because I think, as we talked about on the monetary side as well, um, you realize quite quickly that that is no longer um, either comprehensible <laughs> or of interest of, to too many other people. So if you rely on that being an external um uh, driver, then it runs out pretty quick, right? And I think that's where you get a lot of people sort of cap out at, at um, 500 grand, million bucks, and then they stop and they can't go any further. Um, because for most people, that's like you've you've made it, like we talked about before, right? So I think when we're talking about internal go goalposts, uh, money became a, a, a not the driving factor a long time ago. Uh, it, other people's external uh, 
thoughts. Uh, I think for most people, we're still going to be in the head. I don't, I don't pretend to, to say I've removed that entirely, but it's definitely not the driver. It's going to be that internal character building that we've talked about today. How can I make sure that I feel really good about myself when we go through the day, knowing I've done the things I said I would do? And what are the processes I'm putting in place today? Because I'm acting out of the person I want to become and where I'm going. It's just a case of playing out that story. Mm. Um, so I think for me, it's just making sure that becomes internally because that's the only thing I've got control of. Ah, so good. I love that. Really, it's it's self-integrity, right? Having integrity yeah. in yourself, doing the things that you've told yourself you want to do. And it makes sure they get done because I know when I burn the boats, I'm going to make sure it happens, right? When, <laughs> when I've set my, my goals on the next step, it's only a matter of time, right? And I think when you can give yourself that confidence, you really start to enjoy the process because you're like, damn, this is hard, but I'm going to get there. Nice. That's so good. So what's the big dream? For us, it's it's continually continually iterative. I don't think I have a clue what what that looks like in 20, 30 years, um, because for us, we're we're really focusing on what those next problems are. And I think if I focus on the the goal ten steps from now, then I'm I'm not following through on what my clients uh, I'm coaching my clients on. I'm just focusing on that next domino and making sure that I'm making the most of that. And um, for me, the the big picture, I, I'm happy with overall where that's where it's heading and knowing that I'm working towards the identity of that person I know I feel and, and act out as on a day-to-day basis because that's what I've got control over uh, in regards to the external stuff. Uh, it, it will continue growing. It will continue getting better, all of that good stuff. But I think internally, I think I'm on the, on the, on the right pace. Nice. So a younger entrepreneur, you, you just had, what's our, what's New Zealand's drink? What <laughs> Coffee? <laughs> what's, oh, yeah, two. <laughs> <that's laughs> <just a beer. laughs> yeah, well, there you go. So, so you've had a beer together. You're sitting at the table, and you want to leave them with Drew word with all these words of wisdom. What would you share? Just be careful what you're feeding your mind as much as you're feeding your body. Mm. Nice. That's that really good. Yeah, I think it's you know we worry about all the stuff, but I think if we can just make sure we're we're taking care of both what we're feeding it and then the stories that come of that everything else becomes a, a byproduct. Yeah, both of those. So good. And and of course, it has alignment with everything that we've talked about today, right? Like the the, the similarities between business, personal growth, and, and taking care of your health are, are just so integral. And so, so yeah. man, Ali, thank you so much for taking the time today. I appreciate you. And I just look forward to uh, seeing where the Meta Project goes and, and, and how many people you're able to help. No, thank you so much. Those questions were brilliant. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvalue2entrepreneurs.com. Our Cyber December deals include one-hour coaching slots for only $97. That's a 75% savings. And we're launching new Inner Circle Team Coaching in 2022. Applications are open in December at add value, the number two, life.com. In our next episode, Gay and Katie Hendricks teach a masterclass in relationships and working together. We talk about changing blame to wonder in your relationships, how to embrace feelings, experience them, and allow them to flow through you. They also share how to help you find your zone of genius and to nurture and grow it to be your life's purpose and passion.